Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you along with Levi Solicitors, who will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees. At levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 15% Rob off conveyancing, uh, wills and probate. Yes. <sighs> so good at this. You're miles better than Michael. I hope he doesn't come back. I do feel the pressure, to be fair. It's exciting, isn't it? It's an exciting moment. Um, 15% off those services until the end of January 2023. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here, along with Rob Conlon and Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman, um, Normanson making his way back from Mallorca, I think, as we speak on Thursday, the 22nd of December. World Cup is done and dusted. The World Cup diary, rest in peace for four years. He's gone into hibernation. Celebrations look good. Mm. Looked like a, a chuckle. Would have been nice, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't have been like that. <laughs> no. That's the thing. If you remember, uh, the only sort of equivalent I can remember is England coming back from Italia 90 and Gaza wearing fake plastic boobs. Mm. Argentina seemed to take it to a slightly different level at the weekend, so uh, or even in midweek. Imagine that on a Tuesday. That would have been crazy. But the equivalent in London would just have been carnage, wouldn't it? There's no way we would have celebrated. We would have probably destroyed all the nice things. I mean, to be fair, Lee Bowyer was comparing Argentinian fans to Leeds fans and saying we share the same passion. So... Kurgate would have been exactly yeah. like Buenos Aires, I think. Well, the only the equivalent, so the England one, Gaza with his fake boobs, rubbish. Leeds winning the league in 1992, quarter of a million people on the streets of Leeds outside the um, the art gallery on the hedgerow looking at the players on the balcony. So Leeds would probably have celebrated it very well, um, but we would have needed Tyler and Brendan to win the World Cup for that. And in London, it would have been flares in every orifice on camera. And no one needs that, not no. just before Christmas. No. Um, so a relief that we didn't win. And uh, congratulations again to Argentina for celebrating it so well to the point that they had to stop. If you want a last minute Christmas gift, by the way, we're selling gift vouchers and stuff on our website, aren't we? Mm. Gift certificates. That's, that's fun. Cards, we're calling them. Cards. Cards. Yeah. Certificates are a bit too formal. Certificates yeah. like you, you might, if you've, gonna, you've done a good essay at school, you might get a gift certificate. And uh, the, the word voucher, something about voucher. I don't know, it's a bit like Emerge. There's <laughs> problems with it. It's, so. a, it's a gift card anyway. You can find it on the website if you want to get somebody a last-minute gift for subs and mags and all that sort of it's stuff. It's virtual, so it'll yeah. go by email and you can choose Because there are no, no, no email strikes as far as we know? No, those are still going on. And um, yeah, emails will still be delivered and you can choose which day the email will go so uh, you can have it arrive magically. Um, Christmas Day, for example. Without even touching 
a computer. You have to touch it first to set it up, but then it will happen <laughs> without you then Beautiful. doing more contact. Thank you for clarifying that. It's pretty good, isn't it, the internet? The squareball.net for details on that, just have a look at the shop. Plenty of other clubber on there as well. Um, None of which will arrive for Christmas. Sh- no. Should stress. I last know. last post is gone. Yeah. There are strikes tomorrow. We're not posting anything yeah, now. we can't We've get anything tomorrow. I've done. By the way, but if you have bought something, by the way, either for yourself or as a gift or whatever over the last month or two in the run-up to Christmas, prior to that, not bothered, um, but in the last month or two in the run-up to Christmas, thank you so much. Um, it helps to keep us afloat and roofs over our heads, so we appreciate it. Into the re-season update then, we kick off again in six days' time. We do have the uh, the festive celebrations in between times, but this is about football, not about festive merriment. You're, you're, grim- you're grimacing a bit, Rob. So we are fresh hot off the back of losing to Monaco by four goals to two at Ellen Road. How was it for you? I, first half was good. I really enjoyed the first half. I thought uh, we were playing well. We scored a good goal from a set piece. Joffy could have had a couple. He was looking a bit more lively than usual. I Is that our new exciting four three three formation? Well, that's the thing. Everything was new, and I th- what I liked about it was that um, in the past, when Jesse Marsh has spoken about changing tactics or formations, there's been times when I've, after a game, I've like, oh right, okay, we were we were trying to do something different. I didn't quite realise. Whereas that, I was like, I can see this is something different, and I like parts of it. Uh, Rasmus Christensen, he was, he was almost reprising that. Jackie Harrison role he'd sometimes get under Bielsa where he'd just say you just look after the wing and we'll have players elsewhere why do I feel like there's a buck coming here and I must admit watching Rasmus in the first half I think he he, he nearly scored himself didn't he and that's then a big chance yeah. should, have, should have scored that yeah and then he, I think it was was it one of his crosses that Joffe nearly scored from yeah I, I think so um, but yeah, that or he played in Greenwood but it was, yeah. two, it was that side was working but watching him bomb forward I was kind of worried thinking ahead to Man City thinking oh god Man City's left winger could be licking their lips watching this and then uh, turned out Monaco's left winger was also maybe watching the same thing and spotted a potential weakness maybe yeah there's sort of a we're seeing like a, a 4-3-3 in attack and then 4-4-2 out of possession seems to be the general vibe from those what know what's going on it was all over not all over the place in a chaotic sense we were definitely there seemed at one point in the second half that if the ball was over on our right and their left Monaco had it no so it would be Monaco's right I'm trying to remember which way around the pitch was if Monaco no because we were shooting that way <laughs> so let's see let's try and remember what was happening in the second half which way we're going or was it the first half anyway which player was in trouble on which side if Monaco had the ball on the right we went into I think at that point it was 4 4 2 and then if they switched to the left, we went into 4-3-3. Okay. What good that did is beyond me because um, I need to maybe check Rennie Marich's uh, blog archive to get down to the nitty-gritty of what all. There was even a bit of 4-2-4 in there in the second half. We had, um, and I think that, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I can't wait up where, as Rob said, sometimes you can't tell that we were supposed to be doing this. Whereas last night, it seemed absolutely abundantly clear what we were doing because the players were just standing in lines four and three and three. It's like, okay, this is very, very much a four, three, three right now. And then there would be a, a set piece, it, you know, the game would stop and it would be four and then there's two and then there's four. Right. This is absolutely clear. Nobody can possibly miss this, but there was like absolutely no element of uh, intrigue or mystery to it whatsoever, which perhaps is why at the start of the second half, Monaco came out um, having their manager, Philip Clement, just told them like, why don't you just try going behind the fullbacks? Oh, that old chestnut. Yes. They, yeah, they really um, 
played the hits with the goals they conceded. I think the first half it was just that chipped cross to the back post, which mm. often causes us problems. And then we had a set piece thrown in the second half, but the other two were the classic goal that we concede at. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a man over at, there. Why at, didn't somebody get him? At every age group. It's mad because it's you, you watch the 21s and they concede the same goal. And it, it was the fourth goal that really, I probably just laughed at it because I was just watching at home. And it's only a friendly, you know, you can't get too upset about it. But we had five players trying to press the ball in the opposition half. Yet none of them seemed to actually be going towards the ball. They were just sort of stood there looking at the players and it only took one pass to cut through them. And then it was the same old chip over the fullback, ball in behind, over to the other post, and it's a tapping, which, yeah, it's, as I was saying to you earlier, Moscow, it's just very strange to have a set of tactics where there is one such glaring, obvious weakness. It, yeah. it doesn't feel right. You see it sometimes with Rasmus, and I felt it more in the Sociedad game because he had Luke Ayling inside him at centre-back, um, as he did against Monaco, but it was more obvious that he was just ignoring Sociedad's left winger. Uh, their left back as well just kept coming up and he was going nowhere near them and I felt I may have been misinterpreting like Luke Ayling was looking at him like when I do right back stuff I go a bit closer but then Rasmus has played for Marsh long enough that if that was a problem I think Jesse would have mentioned it by now and certainly when he came off last night Christensen went and uh, sat on the bench and Marsh kind of just turned his back on the game and went and was like having a big long chat with Rasmus about I don't know maybe how we found how we found the World Cup, whether he enjoyed training with Denmark, whether there was, you know, any uh, any ideas he learned in Qatar that would be useful or just what his plans are for Christmas. And then occasionally he would look back at the, the match and see what was going on. But it would have been mentioned if it wasn't something that Jesse Marsh wants Leeds United to do. So we just got to deal with it. It's going to be a crazy ride. That's the thing I think that worries people a little bit, isn't it? Everyone goes, it's only a friendly, but the fear starts to creep in when you see us conceding that same goal all the time and you have Man City looming on the horizon a week away. And I mean, let's face it, no one expects us to win that. However, you know, we've caused a couple of upsets this season, so why not? Why not get it up them a little bit? Maybe it will work. But when you see that same thing happen, you just kind of go, oh, God, the second half of the season could be a drag if they don't do something about that. It's, it's Yeah, it's just difficult because I'm desperately still trying to work out whether we're good or bad. And I, whenever you, whenever I watch them, I think, oh, they've played well though. I want to see them again now. Like, say, after the Liverpool win, and then the, the next hour against Bournemouth is horrendous. And yeah. then you think, where are we at? And then likewise, after this break leading up to the Elche game, I was like, oh, I'm excited for Leeds to come back. I'm mm. kind of, the World Cup's kind of petering out. Been ages since I've watched Leeds. They've had this break. There was all this talk of, you know, resetting and what have you. And then you watched the first half against Elche and it was like, fucking hell. We won, <laughs> so, though. I know, no, we won. But then last and night, we beat Sociedad. And then likewise, last night though, you, you, I watched the first half and I was like, oh, this is new, this yeah. is interesting, I'm enjoying this. And then you watch the second half and you think, oh, it could, the City game can wait now actually. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not desperate to get to Ellen Road suddenly. I guess the positives are that we've been trying some new things and at times they've worked. And we did win against Elche and we won against Real Sociedad and we scored two against Monaco slight suspicion that all Monaco had to do was try a bit harder to score for but we'll let that go and after they had that flurry at the start of the second half when they ran into the 4-1 lead it did kind of calm down a bit there was a, a slight expectation because one of the problems is um, always happens when you start conceding goals like that and we've been through it last season when you can't see how the goals are going to stop being conceded Yeah, um, that feeling came back but we did stop conceding them so that was alright and 
Wilf Nonto is is still, or not still, but is rapidly making it clear that he's our best player. So that's good. And it does it does good? look really good. It's worth spending a moment on that. I think he's he's an exciting prospect. It's not even an exciting prospect. I think he's he's even at the level he's at, he seems to be better than a lot of other players, which is mad. He's just making things happen every time he's on the ball. He had a run for him. He got the ball basically near the centre spot and just set off on a, a run straight to goal, beat a few on the way and then was not far away from getting a shot at the end that would have been um, a little bit like Pascal Strauch last week, a waste of a great goal in a friendly. But um, there's lots of that. And even uh, it's worth a, a moment. I mean, it's hard to see or to say like what the state of the game was in stoppage time. But Furpo coming on, going forward, very clever pass into Nonto, into the penalty area that got the foul, that got the penalty. So get uh, get Junior back in the team. Mm-hmm. Big pirate to centre-back with, I thought, well, Robin Cock played well again last night and got the goal. Liam Cooper, Cooper played well against Sociedad. Um, and then just... Try not to worry too much about what's happening with the fullbacks because every team's got a weakness. That's ours. And <laughs> um and we've managed to I mean, we have won some games playing like that. We'll lose some games playing like that. I'm sure we'll win at least three before the season's out, so it's gonna be fine. I think we need a few more than that. Well, so, yeah, but let's not you know, get when it comes away. to uh, when it comes to Nonto, he's just phrase that just comes to me. He's like he's an agent of chaos, isn't he? He's one of those players who, as Marcelo would say, unbalances the opponent, makes things happen cuts through the lines, carries the ball through the lines. You know, so if the uh, if the traditional passing patterns or whatever are not working, he just makes something happen because he runs at you and he's quick. Yeah, there was lots of that from Aronson in the first half as well, where he they just couldn't really get the ball off him without fouling, it felt. And it, it, that role that he was playing was interesting and, and kind of fun and made us seem to bring out the best in him. But a lot of it just kind of ended. Same with Nantes, actually. A lot of it just ended with them getting kicked or fouled, which was a little bit frustrating. But yeah, there were some good things in there. Like I thought, yeah, I thought Joffy was a lot better as well. He but just needs I, a bit more confidence in the box. Well, I'm hoping, he? I'm hoping that penalty is just a goal. Come, like, come on, let's mm. um, see if it kickstarts him a little bit. But I thought during the first half he was just running around a lot, and there were times where I thought, oh, he just looks knackered here. But then he just kept going, which I thought was a good sign. You mentioned the big sexy pirate before there, Moscow. He's staying around for another few years. That's nice. He's got a contract until 2027. Pleased about that? Very. I like him. He's, he always plays well. He always plays. You know, we're criticising the fullbacks all the time. He is one of the fullbacks, but you never. He never plays badly, even though things he does I mean there are goals given up. It's quite hard. I think perhaps we all realise that he is a centre half, and that's where we need to be. It's part of the modern game that I think more centre halves go out and play wide, so it's not too unusual that he's being asked to do that and he is doing it to a good level, keeping Junior Furpo out of the team. So that's a feather in his cap. So he's seen off that challenge. He's just good player, still young, lots of potential, nice guy. And there were flirtations with three at the back at different moments as well in this system. That's happened a bit, hasn't it? Over the uh, over the re-season friendly games and you wonder, does Marsh perhaps have an eye on him as the left hand of the three at some point? And it, because now he's done a bit of left-wingy, left-backy stuff. He can kind of uh, flip between the two, I guess. There was a note in Phil Hayes' piece for The Athletic this morning, I think, saying that they've been practising three at the back in training. Although we do kind of do it mid-game, depending on which uh, side of the pitch the ball's on. 
And also, uh, Marsh did it last season as well, didn't he? You went to three at the back when everything else stopped working. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that again. It's that thing of what we do when a fullback is attacking. And so far this season, there's been a tendency to let them both go and we just leave two centre-backs back. And that's when a pass out wide just works far too easily. Although, even when we do have fullbacks back, a pass out wide seems to work pretty easily as well. But it is a maybe, it seems like all these changes that we've been seeing in the, the re-season friendlies are sort of uh, geared towards making us more solid. So instead of both fullbacks bombing forward and we leave two centre-halves, we have one fullback bombs forward and everyone else forms a three. And then three in midfield means instead of it just being Adams and Rocker trying to cover each side of the pitch themselves, we've got, well, we'll see who it is when um, Adams comes back and what we do in the Premier League. But having three players there means we can cover the fullbacks a bit more with one in the middle and just have a few more bodies in there and then because I suppose if you're going to be negative styled about it having so many players up front has not necessarily translated itself into scoring loads of goals so if we maybe have one less in attack be a bit more solid in midfield and we still won't score any goals so it's the same result but we won't be conceding loads but we might start um, because it's only taking chances is the thing it's like Gelhart's chances against Monaco whereas if he's just anticipated it going past the defender and instead of stopping and thinking it's not going to happen, then that's a goal and perhaps Bamford can finish those. Perhaps somebody who we signed in January can finish those. Matt Yo-Joseph could finish those. Gelhart himself could start doing that. So we don't need, you know, Rodrigo and everybody else. Rodrigo could finish those. So we don't need lots of players in their penalty area. We need to stop conceding stupid goals, which hasn't happened. So we've done all these changes and it hasn't worked, but you <laughs> but know, it, but it might, yeah, it might. It might. Yeah. Manchester City may we may find it easier to to make. But Strauch, he had a baby, did he? He did, and that was good. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he didn't tell. He anybody. had a baby in that film, didn't he? His wife had a baby, and he didn't tell anybody. That was a nice story where um, uh, he I think it was because in Valencia he was explaining his tattoos to the journalists and was like pointing out, like, oh, this is um, there was one where he's like uh. This is a lion because I am a lion, which was news. And this is the date that my uh, child was born. Big sexy lion. And I was like, <laughs> what child? <laughs> Nobody knew I had a child because he didn't post anything on Instagram. He didn't do anything like that. He said, oh yeah, I put, a, I put a message in the players group chat, but I didn't make a big deal of it. And I like that when you compare sort of the ostentatious world that so many footballers live in. And that with, if you have the face and moustache of a pirate, you could quite easily use social media to you know, get a side gig promoting Chessington's World of Adventures. He's not done any of that. He's just gone, no, I'm going to make sure my life is on my terms. And that bodes well if we want a squad of fine young men that's not better than somebody with secret babies. You think as long as they're all, like, <laughs> above board. Legit babies. Yeah. Who's the sexiest lion, you think? Um, Aslan. Aslan. I was going to say Aslan's yeah. got to be a front runner. He's more noble than sexy, though, is Aslan. It's no noble, not sexy. There's Bagheera, who's in the Jungle Book. Any vibes on Bagheera? Don't really know much about him. Mean, you're, you're, you're quite young, Rob. What do you think of the Jungle Book? It's got a few good songs in it, actually. Uh, yeah. Is he a good one or a bad one? Ah, oh, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, like, the Lion King is your obvious place to go for choice of lion. Mm. Is, it, is that a child lion, though? Simba? Uh, I mean, Simba, he ends up as the Lion King. He's obviously got something mm. about him, hasn't he? Anyway, play Barry, Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. Slightly lionish looks, doesn't he? I wouldn't be surprised if he suddenly announced, "Actually, I was a lion all along." Right, <laughs> bit, like, bit like Noel Edmonds. Yes, there's also is the Noel uh, Edmonds a lion. Moonlights is one I think. 
Right. There's the woman that um, Jimmy Nail sang the song about as well. She's a lion. She's a lion. Yeah. yeah so Thank you. One for the, one for the kids. I, I got the reference. Rob Sire going, what are they on about? <laughs> yeah, I've worked it out. But, yeah. <laughs> You're a big Jimmy Nail fan. You love our Feed the Same Pet. It's more of the theme tune. That okay. I'm She's a lion. <laughs> That's, that deserves more credit than it got. You can find us out of our natural habitat this week. Find us on the Don't Go to Bed Just Yet podcast by BBC Radio Leeds, where Michael and I went down to the radio station and took on Johnny Buck and, and Simon Ricks from the Kaiser Chiefs in a quiz, a Christmas quiz, that was hosted by none other than Adam Pope. Here's a little taster. First Jesse Marsh question then. Brothers right. at the ready, please. Oh. Jesse Marsh was in Peru recently in Machu Picchu giving a best man speech. But which former Premier League manager has competed in the Dakar rally and crashed out in Peru? Uh, former, did you say? Former Premier League manager. Nose first into a sand dune. Managed two teams in the Premier League, both in London. Is it Andre Vias boas Point oh. to the square ball. Do you manage to read my writing from there? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thankfully, it was Bielsa who was overtraining them, wasn't it? So yeah. We have no injury problems yeah. now, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Will he be here by the end of the season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. about, yeah. yeah. I think so. Don't go to bed just yet. A Leeds United podcast from the BBC. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Earlier this year, the good folks at Boxed kept 100 Leeds fans fed and watered for four days to give us the energy to complete our 92-mile charity walk. These days, of course, the focus is on conserving energy and minimising waste. And Boxed have been sharing their tips to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down. Upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat could save you up to £1,150 a year. And upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one couldn't be easier. Installations carried out by an expert qualified installer and included in the price. And 0% finance is available, subject to the relevant checks, of course. You'll get a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds with Boxed. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote 
by using the code TSB50. You don't have to walk 92 miles to do it. Just grab your phone, head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use that code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. When it comes to the resumption of the season, the re-season, as we've been calling it, are you looking forward to playing Man City? It's a bit of a it's a bit of a stinker to kick off again with, isn't it? Yeah, that second half doesn't fill me with anticipation for that game. But at the same time, I am excited for us to get back. I I felt a bit of a lull this last week where the World Cups tailed off. What are we supposed like, to do? Yeah, it is yeah, massively. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with myself. So um It has enabled me to actually think about Christmas and buy some presents and things. Yeah, I've still not quite got to that part yet. But um getting into Ellen Road will be fun. A full Ellen Road, a bit of atmosphere again. Yeah, I am not full time. Well, you know what? There's there is a charm to that as well, getting that out of your system and having a bit of a moan and going for a pint. Oh, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's more of uh, I think the um the reluctance, if there's any reluctance attached to it, that's maybe not the right word, but any reticence about going back, it's probably a wider comment on the state of the Premier League, isn't it? Rather than Leeds United specifically. And just that thought of, well, we don't expect anything out of this game. I mean, we might get something, but to go into it with no expectation of anything. Is it, I think it's a bad reflection on the Premier League. Mm, maybe we should um, expect more. I mean, Man City had, was it 16 players at this World Cup? It was a lot. Tired, I, tired. I've, yep. just, I've just seen Jesse Marsh in his press conference saying he wishes they had more at the World Cup. <laughs> well, there, I mean, the, there is the thing when you look at the squad that we named against Monaco is we might as well have had them all at the World Cup because none of them, are, they're all sick and injured anyway. So it could be that Manchester City's World Cup players are in better nick than ours. But too soon for the Moscow. It's too, too soon, soon for too them. Soon. Yeah, so that'll be good. And um although Erling Haaland not being there, he's he's probably done nothing. Out of practice, Moscow. Nothing for the last six weeks apart from just leather footballs into empty nets. He's and, been making fun videos for Sky Sports and things, hasn't he? Talking about um missing his mates and you know he sat there on the on the tractor at the training ground like waiting for his mates to come back and yeah. doing donuts or whatever. Marsh again in his press conference this happened just now he said uh, Erling texted me when the schedule came out and said he was most excited for this game. He was born here. The club is in his heart. It will be important for us to manage him on the day. You have to have an awareness of where he is at all times. So the good news, we are planning for it. We know that's good. It's not like he's not bothered. So like we are going to be trying to stop Haaland from scoring is what I'm taking from that. I'm, um, even though they're mates. I'm really hoping he just has a, does a bit of a Beckford when he used to come back mm. to Ellen Road. He thinks, oh, I like you too much. I'm not going to try or certainly put the ball in the net. But I think that might be a bit wishful thinking. <laughs> Me and my son have done, uh, we've just done a season as Man City on FIFA and scored 110 goals with Haaland in the course of the season. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a very good player, isn't he? It's um, Manchester City's strengths on uh, whoscored.com do now include finishing scoring chances very strong. I think that might be. Also, creating chances using through balls is very strong, which um, I think he's helped them with that. Are, are, are you going to tell me in summary that they're quite good at stuff? Because this doesn't feel like new news. We're, they are good at... So we're not very strong at anything. Right. We're, we're strong at four things. Creating long shot opportunities, <laughs> which is always one of my favourites from Who Scored. It's, like, oh, yeah, it's, not, it's not actually taking them. We're pretty good, Just... pretty good at teeing people up from 50 yards. Have a shot. Coming back from losing positions, which could be useful, aerial duels, and stealing the ball from the opposition. So I think that last one is very much something Jesse will be proud of. So we're strong at four. Manchester City are very strong at four things. And then are strong at one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven other things, which... That's, that's, that feels like more than us. Yeah, it's too many. We are very weak at two things, which is protecting the lead and defending against skillful players, and then weak at two others. Manchester City are not very weak at anything. However, they do have two weaknesses. So this is where we need to... Uh, just, uh, just lo- Is it just love scoring goals? Is that one of them? <laughs> they're just too good and beautiful um, <laughs> and generous. Defending counter-attacks they're weak at, so that could be useful. And they're weak at stopping opponents from creating chances. So there's some hope there. And yet, and yet, because this is football and we've seen earlier in the season, if you catch people on the right day, you never know, do you? you well, that's, know. I mean, the, the season so far has been a story of us being good against Chelsea, Arsenal, even though we lost, Liverpool, and who else did we play that was good that we beat? Spurs, we didn't beat them, but 3-4 was uh, probably the signal that we needed to start playing 4-3-3 and tighten up the defence. But we've been all right against the, the hot shots of the division, haven't we? And then it's teams like Fulham and Bournemouth and all that kind of where we've really... The grind. Yeah, we've really struggled yeah. and Crystal Palace and all that kind of thing. We've never looked as good. So there is genuine uh, possibilities there that Manchester City and then Newcastle afterwards will bring the best from us. And probably we have to play Manchester City twice at some point during the season. The first game after the World Cup technically should be the one where you can catch them while all their players are still recovering. Certainly the Argentinian contingent, I don't think will be, shouldn't be expected to play. And we should have been well rested. It seems like instead we've gone for the option of... um, Illness. Yeah, everybody's just got <laughs> weird um, sicknesses and No sinistera, I should say. He's mentioned in the press today, there's no sinistera. Yeah. Well, hey, there's a few of them that we knew were going to be quite uh, long-term, like sinistera was always going to go into New Year, wasn't he? But um, He's been talking up click as well, we should say, mm-hmm. um, saying it might be too soon for him to leave. But there has been an inquiry from uh, Washington. Is it Washington? That are, uh, yeah, the Rooney crew. The commanders or whatever they're called. I know you love a website, a statistical website, Moscow, mm-hmm. as we've discovered in recent weeks. 538.com, I've run this through oh, there. Oh, my favourite. Through there. I say there, let's, I'm going to do air quotes now, supercomputer. Yeah. And they reckon we've got an 11% chance of beating Man City, who have a 74% chance of beating us, and there's a 15% chance of the draw. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Click has looked quite good uh, in the re-season. I think there has been the... Uh, Marsh is right. I think it is too soon for him to leave but Marsh has got to then back that up <laughs> by actually playing him sometimes it's not going to be good enough again for him to say oh he's a he's a great guy because he's saying that as well he's a great guy and love having him around and he's got lots to offer and he shouldn't leave yet play him then let's and 4-3-3 um, Sam Greenwood seems to be an option in there but if it's going to be Adams and Rocker and then it's up between for sure will be your uh, substitute Adams so he'll probably be playing against Manchester City so it should be who scored need to update and say that one of our strengths is going to be midfield dominance moving in a circle in the <laughs> around the centre spot <laughs> and then um, but Click has more of a chance of getting into the team if we start doing 4-3-3 I, I, so. I saw uh, I think it was Barry Douglas on Instagram this morning commenting on a photo of Adam Forshaw calling the Scouse Buscats I mean I I like Adam Forshaw i I do enjoy sort of making fun of him. But he's um, he's given the ball away a bit against Monaco, but he was also playing some yeah, good He's normally quite tidy balls. in possession as well, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, I've been reading a few bits saying that he's not been that great in these last few friendlies, which is why I thought first half last night he looked 
better. He was crashing into a few tackles. There was one in particular that he flew into and I thought, no, Adam, have you learnt nothing? It was only the other week he was saying he needs to start being a bit more sensible mm. and kind of not putting himself in positions where he's clearly going to get hurt and then he threw himself into a challenge and I thought, oh God, here we go again. Yeah, we had the real... Um, did, he, did he bring on Llorente 4 for sure? No, he they brought... played together for a while, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, we had those pleasures of Llorente needing like six touches to try and pass into midfield so that Forshaw could turn around and give it back to him. Uh, yeah, I did feel sorry when um, Llorente came on and we immediately conceded three goals, which... Pure coincidence. Uh, yeah. And he set up a really good attack. There was the one bit where he um, he sort of almost gave the ball to their striker, lunged in on him, and I thought he was going to go straight through his knees and get a red card, but instead he won the ball and then it bounced off and we attacked from it. So it was obviously a ploy. It's, yeah, there's still time for that red card. Don't worry. Um, thoughts on the transfer window then? Jesse, I, I like these comments because... You can read so much between the lines on these. Here's how I want to deal with this transfer window. Obviously, we're being active, but I want to avoid from talking about it because it becomes a lightning rod. I need to keep our attention squarely on our group and our progress. I want to avoid from talking about it. He was also, um, before the World Cup break, he was asked about the transfer window and he says, yeah, we're active and I'm not going to say much about it. But then he did, like the very next sentence, he basically said, yeah, we want a striker. I don't know, I've... I kind of think everyone talks too much about the transfer window, so I wouldn't actually mind Jesse buttoning it for a bit. But again, I think it's in Phil's athletic piece today. He talks about a left-back and names Kai Wagner as one of those options. So you'd think they're going to not ignore the complete obvious. And Kai again. Wagner is married to Pierre-Michel Lasaga's sister. So it's absolutely written. He'll get a great review from uh, Lasaga, can phone up his brother-in-law and say, how was it? And he'll say... Best years of my life <laughs> were in Leeds. Um, and it, it can only imagine it would be better in the um, Premier League. But yeah, so there's that, that connection exists. So I think we should sign Kai. It must be Wagner. You know, you're uh, giving him a full yeah. W. I'd, but I've got absolutely no room to throw any stones. But um, we should sign him just for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar in that the whole transfer window dynamic now just makes me want to cry. I'm, I'm just bored of it. I'm bored of it. I'm bored of saying sign a left back. I'm bored of saying mm. sign an attacker. I'm just bored of the trans. I'm bored of the Premier League already, and it's not even started yet. I've really, Go away. I've really enjoyed Wolves signing Cunha before the window's even opened. It's like the one kind of star player you might be signing who's not actually scored a goal this year. Yeah. And uh, that all, is a wild deal, by the way. All, yeah, all, all, all the excitement though of pre-trans window. Are we going to get Cunha? And then it's like you know, it's still. Two well, weeks I mean, or something I, mean I will opens. chat to Phil about this I'm recording the Phil Hay show after you chaps depart this studio in about uh, 20 minutes or whatever. I will ask you about that because he mentioned like there was talk of a fee of around 15 million and suddenly it's gone up to 40 million out of nowhere. It was 52 yesterday. Yeah, it's, I think George Mendes... And he Mendes, still hasn't scored any goals. George Mendes um, with his sticky fingers all over this one. Well, you think he'd knock a bit off, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> He'd have absolutely done yeah. about the money. Or, or maybe it's 15 million and the rest is for Mendes, you don't know, do you? Mm. Maybe it's creative accounting. I mean, those are those are big claims that I'm glad <laughs> that I wish to disassociate myself from <laughs> legally. But yeah, his record, it's one of these... I mean, agents get commissioned, don't they, all the time? He's got, um, I mean, last season for Madrid in La Liga, 29 games, six goals, four assists. And then this season, no goals in 11 games, two assists. Those numbers, they're not enough for 50 million. However... You know, if we'd signed him, it probably would have carried on like that. But what's going to happen is he'll go to Wolves and he's going to start scoring goal after goal after goal after goal and he will be the, the curse upon us. Why didn't we sign Cunha? Another bloody unicorn. And the reason we yeah. didn't sign him was because he didn't score well. For one reason, he didn't score any goals before going to Wolves. And then 
also he was 52 million pounds but I just get the feeling that yeah it's written that he will be upsetting us players whoever we sign there will always be another player who got linked who will be presumed better that was one of the things that was maybe interesting about the Monaco game that they had Mo Kamara in midfield and there was a lot of noise when we signed Tyler Adams that we should have spent I think it was was it double for Kamara and so he's obviously the better player and he's got you know he's so much uh, better at Leipzig and stuff did he go for less in the end he went for for less than Adams Adams was 20 million and he went for about 16 in the end well he didn't look as good Right. I didn't think he was very good last time. Monaco as a whole didn't look very good. What did you think of the kit setup? Because we did discuss Awful. this in the preview. Absolute so. disgrace. And the whole I, thing should have been stopped before it started. I wondered, and we said we would have accepted Monaco in their red and white diagonal quarters, halves, whatever they are, and us in the disco yellow kit. That didn't happen. No. So it should have been us in our home kit. But if we'd have been in our home kit, it would have clashed with their terrible lilac mm. third kit. Although it did sort of, there was a little nod of the cap towards the home kit, wasn't there, with the the diagonal halves, if you like. I guess so, but it was black versus purple, which is just a that's, bruise. That's not Leeds versus Monaco, is it? No, I think um, I said they should have... Monaco should have been in there. Um, in fact, you, Leeds should have been in the kit that you're wearing, which is yeah. the Thistle Hotel's blue and green one. Moscow. Even the Adidas one from the other season, just to psych them out. Yep. Um, yeah, pro- Asics. I mean, Adidas wouldn't have been happy if we'd have turned out in an Asics kit, would they? From the, 20 years ago. Um, 25 years ago. Shit, we're old. Yeah. It's... Monaco were five, well, the game was delayed five minutes kickoff because Monaco were late, apparently. Put that over the tannoy. So I just to make sure nobody blamed Leeds. Um, kickoff has been delayed by five minutes because Monaco are late. Roadworks. There's Roadworks at junction two of the M621. But I think we should have used that extra five minutes to sort of check what they were wearing and then just postpone the match. Right. Just send them away. Say, you've turned up in that. You're not wearing that. Off you go. Yeah. Because we were in the pyjamas. We were in Sammy's pyjamas, weren't we? Yes. That's the no. The, um, the black and charcoal and orange. Well, it's back underway next week. Anything to add before we head off to Christmas and some turkey? I don't know. It's going to be weird. I feel very out of sync with the football world without Leeds United being doing anything for the last six weeks. And then they've sort of come back over the last week. And it's all been quite nice with like, you know, Jesse Marsh turning up on the tour and then um, the, the open, open training, training well, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. All very jolly and positive. But then... Yeah, you go and throw in three easy goals in 10 minutes against Monaco. It's like all that good stuff. <laughs> Out the like, window. Yeah, Merry the, Christmas, everyone. <laughs> all the good publicity from Valencia and all that kind of stuff. Nobody cares anymore because the we had two keepers on the bench. We didn't have a full quota of players um, in the squad. Everybody's injured. Everybody's sick. They're lying to us about the injuries. They won't tell us who we're signing. Why haven't the 49ers taken over yet? Yep, all of this. And it's all back. And then we're going to... Um, play Manchester City, and we're going to win 2-0. Rob? Haaland won't score. I don't know if Moscow's been on the Christmas drink on the old eggnog yet, but what do you say to that? I mean, I'm sat in Michael's chair. I am meant to be a pessimistic here. Oh, don't Please I, don't, don't imitate, imitate him. I have enough dealing with him. I'll be, I'll be slightly more pessimistic than Moscow, but You're I think one more, nil, one nil. more optimistic than what Michael will have been. I'm going to say we're going to draw one all. Yeah, that could happen. I'd take, I'd take that. And I can see it happening. No, there's a lot that's kind of come off the back of that Monaco game and it all feels very, um, there's a lot of concerns, but they're not necessarily anything new. Like All season, we haven't had a striker and a left back and we've had loads of injuries and we've not been um, defending down the wings. So it's all just the same, but we'll be playing, maybe we'll be playing 4-3-3 and that might be the big thing that changes everything. Yeah. And then January, imagine it, first week, Kai Wagner 
we'll re-sign Pierre-Michel Lasaga. There you go, left-back striker. And it's all in the family and it'll be great. Lasaga's mum as well because they're very, very close to the sun as, yeah. the, as the photos would show. Bamford could get fit. I'm saying it. He has been on the eggnog. I'm definitely not that optimistic. <laughs> so I'm guilty already of um, of wishing away the season, which you always tell me off for, Moscow, every mm-hmm. year that this comes around. But it's just because of the mindset. I mean, now, in this kind of hinterland between the re-season friendlies finishing and the season starting again against Man City, I'm already thinking, well, let's get to the end of January, see what the squad looks like, mm-hmm. and get past these first couple of difficult games or whatever. And then, once we get past January, hopefully we'll be, we'll be safe, we'll be in decent shape, get to the summer assuming that's the point at which the 49ers take over at the latest, and then we can start to look to the future. But it's, it's always on the never-never. It's always further down the road. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying desperately to enjoy the here and now. But they do make it difficult sometimes, <laughs> don't they? Sometimes they make it difficult. If Jesus can be born to a virgin in a stable, then Pat Bamford can be fit in January. So believe. It's time for Christmas, time for miracles, time for gold, frankincense, myrrh. Weren't there a load of donkeys involved in that story, though? <laughs> Well, Pierre Michel Lasogre is coming, so that's <laughs> all taken care of. And um, yeah, there were donkeys, there were kings, there were stars, there were friendly people, well, there were unfriendly people with hotels, and there were friendly that's people. That's Ken Bates, isn't it? The, yeah, and then there were friendly people with stables and, uh, and cattle lowing. There were indeed, yes. So it's all <laughs> going to be fine. All of those things mean Leeds United will have a great 2023. Excellent. Um, look out for our Christmas quiz as well over on the Extra Ball. A little bit of festive fun for you that uh, myself, Moscow and Michael did just last week. So that'll be out for Christmas. It's very festive. So it's a video quiz, isn't it, as well, which is exciting. It's, yes. Uh, it's, it, Michael has used some dreadful AI to superimpose Legion United managers, players, that sort of thing, onto the heads of terrified children sat on Santa's knee. And it, it is it's a spectacle, isn't it? <laughs> One way of putting it. Merry Christmas. Um, uh, if you're celebrating, happy Hanukkah as well. And in the meantime, uh, just just have a nice time. I hope let's hope everyone let's hope everybody has a nice time when we start again next week, eh? Merry Christmas. We'll see you see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 